0: Hi there. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret, and today we're going to be talking about breaking up when there's a death in the family. You know, surprisingly to many people out there, but not to us, not to us. We do mm-hmm. see a lot of breakups around a death in the family. And you wouldn't think that it would cause one, but it really can.
1: Yes, and does quite often apparently. Yeah. All right. Now, I had observed this, Craig had observed, observed this, we had talked about it, I did some research on it and apparently it's quite common, enough so that there is material written about it. Um, and I had just recently talked to two people who were saying that their partner broke up with them when they had a death in the family because mm-hmm. they felt like they couldn't handle a relationship and worrying about a relationship while they were trying to grieve.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that makes me wonder right off the bat how comfortable the relationship is. But anyway, let me articulate some of the pros and cons. Um, The general consensus out there when you look at the articles is that grief is a very private, individual, kind of lonely process that we have to do alone. Mm -hmm. Well, yes, okay, certainly that's one attitude to take. And I've heard people say, well, I can't be there for you, I need to break up with you, I need to get myself together by myself. Well, if that's going to work better for you, by all means do it. But if you have a solidly attached partner, who truly is your secure base, your safe place, the person who always has your back, then indeed you have a choice. You don't have to break up because there was a death in the family. Because let's remember that then you're going to have two losses consecutively. Whoever your family member or members are or were and the loss of your partner. So I think there are two ways to think about this and that we have to do ultimately what seems to be better for us. Mm -hmm. But it's common enough that it seems that people feel like they can't handle a grief process. Now we're talking about a close loss a grandparent one was close to, or a parent. Like they can't manage the grief and be available to a partner. Now, I've heard from partners who were perfectly willing to give this person as much space as they needed to grieve, and who was not going to be demanding and was not threatening to break up with them because they couldn't be available. So I really think one should consider long and hard whether or not it's necessary to grieve alone or if you have a solid partner who can be there for you and with you, if that would be better.
0: I think I've seen it from the avoidance more Absolutely. than anything else. Right. I can't think of any anxious people off, off the top of my head that no. did the breaking up right. because of a death. It's right. the avoidant people yeah. that seem to just keep things so compartmentalized and out of the way that they don't think about it. And so, I think they're just overwhelmed with the feeling of sadness, maybe, um, that they can't, maybe, manage anything other than that feeling, maybe because they're not used to feeling. They're
1: not used to feeling, and the most difficult of human emotions, I believe, is grief. We will do anything to avoid it, including fighting at wakes. If you've ever been part of that or seen that happen in a family, it's not unusual. It's much easier to fight than to really be sad and kind of wrap your mind around the sadness. Now, for an avoidant who learned early on in life, remember, that you can't count on other people, um, and you're pretty vulnerable when you're grieving, If you're newly grieving, if people look at you sideways, you can burst into tears, Mm -hmm. or you can have really rapid mood swings, or you can suddenly get tired. I can remember when my mother passed, I would function during the day at work until about three o'clock in the afternoon, and that was about as much as I could do. I didn't make it for the next two hours terribly brilliantly. Um, So there are all kinds of ways that people grieve. But I hate to have to see people go through it alone when there's a partner there willing to be with them. Mm -hmm. And for the avoidant to be that vulnerable and to count on help from anyone with such such an unspeakable concept as grief, I can see why it would scare the dickens out of them. Can't you?
0: Yeah. It's it's hard for me to really understand the avoidant sometimes. I can understand what they're going to do and expect it, but it's hard for me to really grasp that mindset of how they're thinking because it seems like they just have spent their whole life pushing feelings out of the way.
1: That's right. Um, Even good ones sometimes. But the thing is, if they get too close, remember the panic and disappointment of a little kid when mom isn't there. And that's really what it's about. So, of course, when vulnerability and being attached and accepting help comes up in adulthood, it's oftentimes so scary that they can't do it. And of course their very well-meaning partner doesn't know to say, I know how scary this must be for you. Mm -hmm. um, And I'll give you all the space you need. And, you know, I have to get myself together. I have to get myself together by myself. No, you don't. You can if you choose to. But you don't have to do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, it is safe to let others help you. Um, but I think the first instinct is to run. Uh, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it Be- is
0: tough. Because I think there's, there's probably a lot of people that are watching this that were broken up with by an avoidance that yeah. had a, a death in the family. Right. So, you know, how do they navigate this? It's not easy. Yeah, no,
1: it's not easy. And what I can tell you is it is not your fault. If your partner, your ex-partner, chooses to grieve alone, it isn't anything that you did or didn't do. And if the avoidant is breaking up with you, it's not out of the question that you're anxious, and so not only do you want to help them, but you're very upset that you can't, and you wish you could, and you want to be there for them, etc. Yeah,
0: and and they somehow probably left you feeling like this was your fault anyway. Like this was
1: somehow (laughs) your fault anyway, yeah. Well, we're just on the subject of grief. Is I've had several calls from people who suddenly lost a parent when they were children. Mm-hmm. And they might have grown up with either parent, you know, as a single parent, and they might have had extended family and so forth and so on. And I will say to them, well, who told you what happened, you know, to the parent that you had lost? Well, they overheard a conversation about what happened. No one ever explained to them what happened to the deceased. Oh, yeah. Okay? I've heard that. Yes, oh, and I had terrible. very a very articulate young man in his late 20s one time saying, that's my problem, I know it's my problem. The other thing is they were never asked is, how are you doing with all this? You know, your dad's been gone for a year now, how has it been for you, how are you feeling? No one goes near the subject. And I would ask them, why do you think no one ever asked you Everybody was afraid of upsetting everybody else yeah so they left all this on the child who had the terrible loss and that gives the child no direction in how to handle the grief you feel it you talk to it you know you talk about it um, so how many f-
0: times have we seen it that uh, a death of a parent and they sweep it under the rug, The other parent doesn't even talk about it anymore. exactly. It's like they never existed. Like they never existed, right.
1: What? And we certainly haven't taught our child how to grieve, you know, or that it's an an acceptable emotion. Um, And there are stories. There's a famous story about the Kennedy family. We all know them. And when the oldest of the brothers, whose name was Joseph, I believe, after the father, was killed in World War II, Now, remember, there was no electronics then, like we know them now, and somebody came to the door with Mm -hmm. the telegram that he was killed in combat. And what they were told by the, the parent Kennedys, what they were all told is there will be no grieving, there will be no mourning, we are not going to be sad, and we're going to do the funeral, keep a stiff upper lip, and go on with our lives. Not a good idea. Nope. And to their absolute credit, the British crowd there... Prince George and Prince Harry are talking about how they were not allowed to grieve their mother and what a terrible job that did on both of them.
0: I can imagine.
1: Right. And they're talking about it again. I forget what the context was, but they're talking about it again and good for them. Grief is okay to talk about. It's not a weakness. Everyone grieves. It's okay to cry. And it's certainly not only okay, but advised for people to talk about it. And people come away with the sense that talking about things makes them worse than not talking about them. And that's absolutely untrue. Nothing ever has the same control over you after you talk about it, that it did before, okay? Anything you talk about, you increase your control over.
0: Yep. Do you think that kind of stemmed back to like World War II when people were saying, don't talk about it, don't talk about what happened, don't talk about it. And so it kind of got more ingrained in the culture where we don't talk about well, things. Well, I
1: think in every war there ever was, that has come up. Um, and, you know, when when a war is over, we may talk about it for a little while and then we sweep it under the rug. Otherwise, how could we convince the next generation to go to war and deal with all of this sadness? Yeah. So we've kind of kept it a, a secret, you know. Most major religions, um, certainly Catholic, which is what I was raised and I had many Jewish friends, and the Catholics would have a memorial mass on the one year anniversary and the Jews would have an unveiling at the cemetery where they would have a ceremony with the headstone. So, I mean, most religions acknowledge that you're talking at least a year, but I think for family members, a parent, a sibling, a partner, you're talking longer than that. Yeah. And it's okay and it's normal. And yes, it takes energy, but fighting doing it takes more energy. Okay? All right. And I don't know what we can say to the avoidant folks. Please don't break up with a good partner before you give it a lot of thought. Because it's not necessary to isolate and get yourself together all by yourself. It's okay to take help.
0: Absolutely. Um, and if you're in a situation like that, it would be great to do a coaching call with Margaret so she can help you process something like that. Sure. I think Margaret would have a lot of experience. I would welcome your call. Yeah. Um, uh, hopefully you found this video helpful. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? No.
1: Just again to remind partners that it is not their fault.
0: Yeah. And a lot of times they'll leave you feeling like it was.
1: Absolutely.
0: All right. So if you want to get our help personally, just go to my website, AskCraig.net. Sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coaching and I do Skype. Margaret, of course, is here for Skype coaching. If I, if you feel that I can be helpful, please contact me. That's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret, and we will talk with you soon.